0: peace and welcome to the Taylor healing collective podcast this is a space where we discuss everything sacred medicine motherhood healing practices across the globe and transformation above all it is my hope you take each story shared here and find empowerment in your own life for it is here that we educate the mind to liberate the soul i'm your host taylor Welcome to another episode of the tailored healing collective podcast today is a very special episode it is featuring my mom you know on this podcast we talk a lot about sacred medicine transformation but motherhood would be the main topic that we always tend to talk about here because it was how I started my show. So she has a birthday today on the day we're launching the episode, so I thought there would be no one better than to talk about her own motherhood journey and the things that she has been through thus far. So I'm going to allow her to introduce herself and tell you all a little bit about who she is, both as a mother and outside of being a mother. So mom, go ahead.
1: Hello. (laughs) So I am Becky Blue. I am Taylor's mom. Um, I am a mother of four. Taylor was my firstborn. I call her my sunshine. She um actually is probably a miracle for me, um, going through a lot of hard things um when she was little. So she made it all worth it. Um I am a cosmetologist by trade, but um homemaking had been my job for uh over 26 years. So I like to say that 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 is who I am. I am a homemaker.
0: Thank you. I know we have a lot of moms, especially I have a lot of millennials who listen to this podcast, so a lot of them have turned into homemakers because of the pandemic and having to learn how to stay at home and work from home. So tell us what it was like being a mom in the late 90s, early 2000s.
1: Um <laughs> if I can remember back that long. No, actually, it has actually been my absolute joy. Um, being a stay-at-home mom at that time, and I like to say homemaker because I realized as time went on that it was much more than just being at home. Um, Being a homemaker creates just so many more things. But at the time, it was kind of a struggle because I didn't come from a family of women that did not work. I didn't even know families um, where the mother stayed home. It was a thing where, you know, you juggled it all and you made it work. And so it was a little bit of a struggle, um, not only within, but with friends and family, because the popular question was always, well, what do you do all day? You know, (laughs) and so I made it my business to stay completely busy early on. Um, Taylor, you were young, but the other other three started coming quickly, all 22 months apart. And um, I made myself busy with them all the time, with, with the kids, with all of you guys. Um, and didn't take any time really for myself, but really just wanted to pour into you because I thought that was my one and only job. That was my job, but I thought that was my one and only job was to caretake, make sure the kids were okay, make sure the husband was okay, make sure the home was okay. Um, I was not even on the list for a very, very long time. So Between the outside world trying to figure out, you know, what do you, why are you home and validate you in that sense? It was also internal, like, uh, I guess I just keep busy and do it all um, and not really understand the value of what I was doing. That didn't come until later. Um, And once I started understanding the value, it didn't actually matter that uh, others didn't understand what i did all day or why i did it or you know why would you choose that we're you know career women there are other things you could be doing and you can do you know homemaking um but the value in it just really started to show up when i started to see the type of children um that i was raising and i started to see um my husband's Career take off, and um, I, there was time allowed for him to do things, and there was me showing up for all of my children's interests and um, just being there. So I saw a lot of value in that. Um, and now later on in life, I'm starting to see the value for. Me, what did I get out of it? But um, so yeah, in the nineties, it just wasn't a thing that was popular in in my community that I saw. Um, from my experience, it didn't seem like it was popular in my culture. But um, it was interesting. It was it was something new. <laughs> it was something new.
0: So it's funny that you kind of separated what a homemaker is versus what a career woman is because now in this day and age with all the access we have to content creation, homemaking has become a career. And I think it always has been one. So it's funny to hear that you didn't really see it that way back then, but that's what it's become now. There are so many moms, like, especially on TikTok and Instagram who have made a career of like showing their everyday routine, how they prepare meals and, it's blown up into this big thing. So I see a huge shift that's happened between the nineties and the two thousands now.
1: Yeah. And I think that's amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing because there is so much more and because it's like more accepted now, um, that it, I think more people, women or men, it doesn't matter, would think, you know, you know what, this is a career. There's so much involved. There's, you know, you're, you're, you're planning things, you're managing things, you're um, beautifying things, you're educating, you're doing so much. And to see that being so popular right now and Knowing that it's okay and it's really important to be able to pour into your family for as much time as you can, even if it is a financial um, challenge, we'll call it that. Even if it is a financial challenge, if if the important, if you can see the importance of pouring into a home, um, it's just it's just worth it, and it's it's so great that it's a it's a popular thing now, especially especially among cultures that this wasn't the norm, or this isn't the thing that you see a lot of, so.
0: So let's talk a little bit about mental health as moms, because I know that is something that a lot of my audience and people I've spoken with have had challenges with, and you raised four children all at the same time in the same household. So what were some of your biggest challenges being a mom to three young children and one slightly older child, me, back then?
1: Um, that's a very interesting question. And this is something that I think about, like, often, is that the way I think my generation and a lot of my peers, the way we were raised, had kind of shifted by the time I had my own children. Um, and you guys were at different stages, you being the oldest and the others coming, you know, five years, five, six years later, but being 22 months apart. And it was a thing where... Parenting just started to change a little bit. Um, it, it seems as though we were open up to start um, a process of listening to our children um, more, letting them speak their voice, letting them speak their truth as much as possible um, with, without taking it as a disrespect, but really opening up the, the door for our children to express themselves. And that was something that was new for me But it was definitely something that first raised curiosity, but then I kind of got a heart for it. Like, what are your thoughts without it being, you know, children are are to be silenced and quiet and, you know, do what I say, you know, not what I do type of thing. Um, It was just really interesting to just be able to open that up. And I think I tried. I wasn't always great at it because we're breaking traditional ways of th- doing things and trying to introduce more progressive ways. And there's such a, a delicate balance in doing them both. But that was really what I was trying to do or what I tried to do. And in some ways, I see that it's paid off quite well. In other ways, I see where I could have done better. But um, I think raising children like that was a way to really let them explore who they were um, in some way and blossom in that as time went on. So I hope I answered the question correctly.
0: A little bit. Um, I think I can dig a little bit deeper with that question though. So in raising children right now, I think sometimes one of the biggest challenges women have are having community. And I know that when I was younger, I mentioned this on my last episode, your community I saw growing up were your church friends and they all happen to have babies at the same time as you so what is the value of community when it comes to having challenges and you know your mental health and raising kids
1: there we go I missed the mark a little bit because we're talking about mental health it meant absolutely everything for me um it was just a blessing. I did have uh, several other friends. We were around the same age. We were all building our families um, at the same time. So we're having children together. We were able to spend time connecting and just being raw, like saying whatever we wanted to, to each other, um, you know, sharing information or asking questions, the questions that are you know, maybe inappropriate, whatever the case may be, but um, it created a bond where we were really strengthening each other in that role. Um, I had already had you, Taylor, before I started staying home, and being a single mom was just a whole different entity, but then at that point where I wasn't a single mom and and I had these other children, um, the community kind of like, we, we were able to help shape what we wanted our homes to look like. We were able to validate each other that, you know, this is a good thing and this is a right thing to do for us. Um, And I know everything is not for everybody, but for us, we were like, this is what we actually felt called to do. And I think mentally that is what really were the bones of being a homemaker is that feeling internally that first and foremost, foremost, this is what I'm meant to do, is to create these wonderful human beings, these strong, wonderful experiences um, that would later make this beautiful community um, that are able to support each other mentally, um, maybe even physically, just in, in every aspect, um, because we're not for ourselves, we're one for another. And so you build you know, yourself through your children And then they go and they spread it to their friends and friends spread it to other friends and other family members. And so um, having a purpose in it mentally was really something that that gave me the strength and I don't know, the courage to just just do it, just be there and be all in at the same time.
0: Thank you. Uh, So how did having a spiritual practice impact motherhood for you at a younger age?
1: Um, having a spiritual practice, how did it impact me? Um, it was really my everything um, because I understood that I am a human being first and foremost. I don't have all the answers. I can't do it all. Um, there has to be more. And that was my question. There has to be more. There, it almost seems like it's impossible to be everything to so many bodies, you know, they say everything to everybody. But when I'm talking about just your family and your children, it seems like it's really hard to be everything to everybody. But knowing that spiritually, I was taught that you don't have to be everything to everybody, but you have enough in you by the grace of God to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done without feeling like you're out there alone. I felt like every step of the way Um, God was really just pouring into me, um, when I'm weak, when I'm strong, when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I felt like I could not be a mother, it was just something spiritually and internally that says, you can do this, take a breath, take a break. You can do this because you're not doing it in your own strength only. You're doing it with the help of the one that actually created you for this role, you were created before the beginning of time for this role. And that is my truth in how I was spiritually connected and able to grow in this role.
0: And I think a lot of mothers can benefit from that because a lot of us are trying to develop spiritual practices that we can have alongside our children from keeping from going completely insane at times, especially when you don't feel like you're taking care of yourself or you're doing enough for yourself but meanwhile taking care of everyone around you so thank you for always taking care of us and providing that sense of home for us because I think that as adults all my siblings are adults now that we need that because it does apply to our relationships and how we interact with other people we feel like we can be there for others because you were there for us.
1: Well, thank you for saying that. And what's so odd at even hearing that is that we never do it for the thank you. We do it because it's what we're born to do. If you were able to be a mother of any kind, whether you had a child naturally or um, friends have become your children or nieces, nephews have become your children. It is just something that is naturally in you. And to see that blossom um, is is really, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. And you do it because it is already in you and not necessarily for the praise, but then hearing the praise later, makes it all just, you know, the cherry on top.
0: <laughs> what is something uncommon that you enjoyed as a mother that maybe not everyone would find very similar to your experience? Um,
1: something that's uncommon?
0: Yeah, I feel like as moms, we enjoy things like watching our kids do new things and succeed. Has there been anything that is kind of out of your realm that you've enjoyed as a mother?
1: Um, this is probably kind of like an odd one. I feel like um, I don't feel like I grew up learning how to cook, and so learning how to properly feed and nourish my family was something that I kind of low key enjoyed, like they weren't going to be raised on the things just because this is what we always ate. And this is what we always, you know, provided for our families, but exploring new ways to not only, you know, feed my kids spiritually, but feed them naturally was kind of a thing that, you know, later on as they got older, I, you know, I, you guys got older that I was trying to like, you know, this is kind of fun. This is kind of interesting to know that not only can you care for your children through love and through hugs and through support, um, you can actually care for them by setting them up, up for success when it comes to their health. So um, and that was something that we were doing together because I, you know, had to do it for myself also. And it was a work in progress. And it's one of those things I never got to finish. So I wish that I had done that very, very early on. But um, that would be one. And it may have started with the nursing. Unfortunately, Taylor, I nursed you for five minutes and it hurt so bad I gave up. And so I wish I hadn't. But um, I nursed you know, your brothers and sisters. And I just endured that pain that only lasts for a little while until I got used to it. And then the nursing experience really took off. And the knowing that I was nourishing my children that way, it was kind of great. And breastfeeding was not for everybody, but it was it was an absolute pleasure to be able to feed my children um, from my own life in that aspect.
0: So it must be interesting to watch me uh, nurse both my children, my first one for a year and a half, and now this one on camera
1: right now. So, You know, it actually, it looks so natural to me. The only thing that's different is that, you know, when I was doing it, it was like cover up, you know, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> And now I think everyone's relaxed a little bit to know that this is natural. You know, let a food shortage happen. You will be so glad that you are that person that nurses, you know, things like that. So actually watching you nurse, it it just feels natural. It doesn't feel like anything. uh, It feels like the way it should be if you're able, if you're able. So it's, it's beautiful. And watching the connection is amazing. But you have to, you know, I have to admit my baby feeding another baby, it's just like you're milking my so (laughs) it's a little weird for me sometimes (laughs) (laughs) so what are some of the biggest differences that
0: you notice between parenting now versus parenting when you first started
1: um well it's like that thing that I I started you know somewhere in between there and it's where you oh you know parenting now it just seems like some of our generation would think you know that this new generation is going crazy. They're, they're not disciplining their kids. They're not um, controlling their kids. And, and I, you know, I, I think that what's happening is that that slave kind of mentality is slipping away. And we are starting to recognize even our infants and our children as actual human beings, as actual people That are going to become something bigger and better, and we're trying to um, support them in in doing that. And so that's what I think is different. I think you know, back in the day, which is a term you know we '70s mamas like to use, back in the day, it was just like just get them fed, keep them from you know breaking their necks and you know let's move on there wasn't such a concentration on what kind of human being and this is just my opinion what kind of human being am i creating um am i teaching them to love and to accept i don't think that back in the you know back then you know i'm not necessarily teaching them to accept i'm just teaching them to just you know mind their own business <laughs> but minding your own business isn't always equivalent to accepting You know, it could be ignoring, you know. So I think, um, yeah, that's that's my answer.
0: (laughs) I think for a lot of moms that I've interacted with and then myself and raising a toddler now, The challenge and the thing that we're trying to work through right now is developing that emotional intelligence right now. So, yes, we don't like the hitting, we don't like the slapping and the biting, but I've taken so much time to pay attention to my own emotions and why I did things as a child and why I do them now to try to understand okay, if he's hitting, like if he runs up and hits his sister. It's not just because he's a mean kid and just wants to hit him. He sees all of my time and attention being diverted to her. And so... The only way he knows to get my attention is to do something crazy that he knows is going to stir me up and, you know, make me pay attention to him. So while part of me wants to get mad and thump him and pop him, like, what are you doing? I have to take a step back and remember his level of functioning, even though he does have very high emotional intelligence, is still developing. And I have to learn how to be patient with that. And I think you did have patience like that with us, but I know so many moms did not back then. And there are jokes about it now, like where we talk about why we got whoopings as kids and stuff like that it's because we weren't given the time to understand that we were still developing an emotional intelligence
1: yeah you know that taylor and you know if i gotta hit you then it's gonna break my heart you know and but i also was like you know my intentions have got to be in the right place it couldn't be because i had a bad day It couldn't be because things didn't go my way and or I'm just frustrated or I'm just exhausted or I'm just tired of, you know, telling you over and over again. Um, I can understand the correction. I just think that there were better ways, you know, and you know, hands-on is just there are better ways. That's that's all I think about that. But it's so odd because you know, Thanksgiving um just happened and I heard one of um your aunties talk about how she just the other day had to get a switch out for her granddaughter and or grandson I'm sorry where did and she, I, well, I'm auntie, sorry where does she get a switch from <laughs> I don't want I didn't even want to get into that part of it I was like auntie you still getting switches out because that's what she did with with us you know it's like who still does that you know and she's in her 70s so you can understand that that was a part of you know her culture back then but it, it was it's like, you know, it's so time out. I can't even imagine having somebody because, you know, my generation, you went and got it yourself so that you can get spanked with it. Like you you had to pick it out and you had to pick out a good one or you were going back to get a better one to make sure it was just as, as they wanted it. <laughs> but um so unnecessary because there are so many ways. Um, the, the world is, is different, you know, the access to, to media and the world is just different. You you know, they we as human beings have so much going on. We have so many challenges, you know, that we need to be dealt with more delicately. And I feel like, you know, even in parenting, it, it, we are very delicate beings. You know, we can be as tough as we want to be, but in actuality, we're very delicate. And there is, um, you know, everything impacts everything. How you talk to somebody, how you deal with somebody, how you discipline Everything affects everything, and what kind of effect are you wanting to see and have in your family, in your community, in the world? Yes,
0: and how we present ourselves in the world, I think, reflects very much on how we treat our children at home, too because they're the first people to see us vulnerable just as we are. And we get so afraid to mask like who we are as parents to everyone else. And everybody has like this perfect method on how to parent all the time. You're never really allowed to just be like a raw parent with honest emotions and then honoring where you are and still learning to grow
1: from that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I did want to say this when, when it comes to to, um, doing dealing with challenges that we're having with our children our toddlers or whatever the case may be is it is important to step back and kind of um, peel back the onion you know where is this behavior coming from um, if we can get to the root of where these behaviors and these actions are coming from um, we're setting we're setting each other up for success um, because we're getting to the root of it You know, we're not just dealing with what's on top. We're actually getting to the root of it. And that's how change, real change for the better actually starts to happen when you start to peel back the onion of why is he hitting? Why are they crying? Why are they scribbling on the wall? You know, there's always a reason behind it. You know, they're creative. They need more creative outlet. Um, they're feeling jealous they're feeling unseen whatever the case and whatever the case may be and if we start to address those things that are at the root it just blossoms into beauty you know from that point on
0: well thank you for sharing all of the wisdom that you've had today is there anything you'd like to leave any new moms or any second or third time moms with that really helped you along your own motherhood journey?
1: Actually, there is. Um, great question. You are more than enough. It's already been placed in you to do what you need to do to be a mother to whomever. Like I said, natural children, adopted children, and nieces, nephews, neighbors, friends, you already have enough in you and you can do this and you can do this well. Um, just like with anything, read some books, listen to some podcasts, do some homework, just figure out what is the best way for me to do this, be who I am meant to be. There's so much support and so many resources out there for you, but you are more than enough and you're doing a great job Um, you are doing the best that you know how to do. And that is literally all any of us can do is the best that we know how. And anything less, you know, deal with that. But the the goal is just do your best and you're doing amazing. You may not think so, you'll see it in the end. When my kids send me praises, it just, it melts my heart because I know that, you know, it wasn't always great. It wasn't perfect, but it was the best I knew to do at the time. So you got this. That's what I want to say to all the mommies.
0: Well, thank you to my mom for being on this show today and not only sharing her words of wisdom, but experience, because I think moms learn best from other moms all the time, even if we do our journeys completely different. So I really do appreciate you being here. And even though the day we're recording is a few days early, I want to say happy birthday to my mom for everything that she's done, everything she was in the past, everything she is in the present and everything she's going to become. So please send her some love on her birthday. And as always, (laughs) thank you for joining the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. And as always, let love lead the way. Thank you, mom. Thank you. I am sure of what is coming and let the universe do the rest. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again. Of our minds. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. I visualize my desires, I create with intention a new dimension where reality is in my head.